Hi, Cynthia, you ready? Ready. Mr. H, you ready? Yes, Mr. B, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> welcome, 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 everyone. Yes, yes, yes. Not what you think. Not what you think. Um, I've got a bit of a sore throat today. Have Not you? sore throat, sorry. I've got I've lost my voice a little you've been, bit. You've been shouting. Yeah, my son plays basketball. Oh, you was cheering. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, there's one parent, this African lady. She's a lovely lady. Yeah. And every time our team are struggling, she's like, and the other team have got a free throw. She's like, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, please, make him miss, make him miss, make him miss, please, Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, that's what she's like. That's what she's like. Brilliant. Anyway, anyway I was deliberately noticed that my voice was going, yeah? And so I stopped cheering. The lady came over to me and she started punching me in my arm. You have a responsibility. These are your children. You need to cheer. You need to cheer. Wow, got man's on it. So I had to cheer. So now my voice is gone because of Julia. So yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Nuts What You Think with my husky voice. And our next guest, let me introduce our next guest. Hyacinth Francis Watson, or to those that know her, Hyer. Hyer's a mother, a wife, a grandmother. She came to Nottingham at the age of 14. She attended Mambas Pierpoint Comp. Her early, her early ambition was to be a sports teacher, which she achieved and did so for two years. In 1999, Haya began the Higher Level Carnival Troupe, which started with just eight girls and went on to have scores of young people, adults, volunteers, costume makers, and more. Haya is the founder of Chaya Development Project, sorry, the, let's start again. Haya is the founder of the Child Development Project and is also an ordained street pastor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hi. Hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Did I say that right? Um, it's Kaya. 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 I always yes. used to say that wrong as well before. It's Kaya, sorry. Let me say that again then. So it's the Kaya Development Project and they're based on the Chase in St. Anne's, Nottingham. Nice. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How's, how did 2021 treat you? And, and how's 2022 doing for you so far? 2021 was busy, but miserable. You know, COVID, mm -hmm. you know, so we lost a few of our soldiers along the way. Dear friends that I've had since the age of 14. Really? Um, so but, you know, life goes on. And um, it also showed me that, you know, if you sit and whine, you're not going to move on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, me and the young people who work with me, we got up and we worked every day through 2021. So, really? you know, Christmas Day as well. We worked Christmas Eve Christmas up Eve. until midnight. Okay. Um, giving out um, up food and um, just walking the streets to make sure that homeless were, were comfortable. Okay. I like that. Yeah. We I do. like that. Yeah. So, We'll come to what you do, what you what you're doing at the moment. Okay. We'll come to that later on in the show. But I just want to rewind all the way back. Mm -hmm. So, where were you born? Okay, I was born in Coventry, in um, Radford, Coventry, and then not the real Radford. The Coventry. It is the real Radford. Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> not not Radford. Um, no, not not Radford. And then um, at six weeks old, my grandparents took me to Manchester, and I was there until the age of fourteen. So can you remember much of Manchester? I know a lot of Manchester. You still you still go down there? I still go to oh, Manchester, okay, yeah. So what was it like growing up in Manchester? What was the area of Manchester you grew up in? I'm from my side. Yeah. Okay. So I was in the middle of... It was cultural. It yeah. was really cultural. The, um, I couldn't say I experienced racism there because everybody looked like me around there, mm -hmm. you know? Um Everybody was aunties or uncles or, you know, you, everybody was your cause. Mm. And yeah, I had some, I've got some really fond memories of growing up in Manchester. Okay. So did you experience any of the riots that happened in Side at the time or? I think they started after I moved to Nottingham. Okay. So um, they, my, my sister who stayed there, um, yeah, especially on the um, Old Trafford, yeah. um, um, Rolls-Royce area. Um, riots were kicking off down there, but I was safely in Nottingham. Okay. So what was school like when you were growing up in Manchester? School was good um, because I was quite good at sports as well. Um, I'd get, you know, passes out to go and do extra sports lessons and that. 
Um, it was good in a way that we had um, a friendship, which I'm still with those, still speak to those young ladies I went to school with. And um, yeah, school was good. Okay. Um, so you're 14 now, mm -hmm. and then you come to Nottingham. What are your first thoughts? Hated it. You hated it? <laughs> I hated it. We came through on the Transpeak bus, um, which used, it came, used to come through Woolerton okay. at the time. And I sat there. So what area of Nottingham did you come to when you first came? St. Anne's. We lived in okay. St. Anne's, yeah. Um, and I would sit there and think, where's all the black people? Didn't see a single black person, solitary black person from, we left Manchester until I came off at Victoria bus station, the old bus station. Didn't see a solitary black person. I'm thinking, oh my God, this Where is not me. <laughs> so was that, so, so was St. Anne's not as multicultural then or what was? It probably was, but we used to come on the coach, um, we got here, the first night we got here was a Friday mm -hmm. after school. And so, you know, you're walking through the, Vic the old Victoria bus station as it was yes. then. And we saw no one. We walked past the Oakwell, which is still there, mm. to where we lived, just across, right next to the um, Adventure Playground. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we didn't see a single black person. Wow. And my heart was like, whoa. It was, wow. it's, you know, you're used to your own and you mm. don't see anybody. People are walking past and... They don't look like me. Wow. So what you came to you came to Nottingham, you're 14 years old, you moved to St. Anne's, and now you go to this school called Mambers. I'm not from Nottingham. So where, where was Mambers? Mambers used to be on Colton Road. Okay. Um, it's now the new Oxford College. Oh, is it yes. that, oh, was that yeah, school? That yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, that was the Mambers comp. And um, my first day I ended up in a tangle with a young man. Um, and so we both got detention. Mm -hmm. Um, but I made some solid friends there yeah. um, to this very day. In fact, today, I was with the first person I made friends with there, and we're still friends. Oh, that's nice. That's very good. So what, what was members like then, school teachers? Again, um, being good at sports. So the, the teachers, I was good with the PE teachers. Um, yeah, I, I settled in well, um, and I kind of rolled with the young with the older ones than myself rather than my year for a while but yeah i manvis was i put its way education was a bit behind manchester in what what they were teaching here i'd already done that okay um so it made me look like i was very bright oh but i used to because i know because i'd done it before i was like yes miss i know but yeah they soon caught up on that okay so you're not born and bred St. Anne's, but St. Anne's seems to be in your heart, mm -hmm. you know, um, your, yeah. your home. Mm -hmm. um, what's, what's it, what, what are the changes that you've seen in St. Anne's? What's it like living in St. Anne's? What, you know, St. Anne's, I, I work in Ashby and then um, in Ashby de la Zouche. And, you know, when people ask me where I live and I say Nottingham, and they're like, oh, do you know St. Anne's? <laughs> oh, it's rough out there, isn't it? You know, because it's got that stigma, reputation. It? It's, it's got, got stigma. stigma. Every, I think you know, certain places in Nottingham have those stigmas. Do. And but when we, you go there... It's nothing. It's not. I mean, driving through here, walking through here, it's quiet. It's, it's a ghost town. It's, yeah. It is a ghost town now. I mean, when I moved... I've been in my home, my house now, 40 years. Mm. So when I moved up here... <laughs> I moved on to a, a block, um, it was a block of four, and the, the neighbours wanted me out, you know, a black woman moving on with a child. So how did they go about that? What do you mean? They the council to came and says um, they wanted to rehouse me, um, but we knew. They didn't give one, but we knew because uh, so they started building their fences up mm. on either side, wow. and they never spoke to me, but, you know... I'm stubborn and I says, I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So they've all gone now and I'm still there, <laughs> you know? So, um, St. Anne's has the biggest, I think either Jamaican or African Caribbean community in Nottingham. Um, apparently I read somewhere. Um, so with the likes of racism, I, I, would you say that you haven't seen much or because you live in St. Anne's because most of the people in St. Anne's look like you, you may, you may know a lot of these people, or would you disagree with that? Or I would say probably five, six years ago, 
most of the people in St Anne's looked like me. Mm. There's been a regeneration yeah. in the area, and um, there's been an, an influx of other cultures coming in. So um, it's pretty diverse mm. now, pretty diverse. Um, but as for racism, I wouldn't say I've um, experienced that from apart from those neighbours when I first moved in, who became very nice in the end, actually. But um, I wouldn't say I've experienced it being around and living in St Anne's. No. 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 OK. But, you've, but elsewhere, obviously. Work. Yeah. Employment. Yeah. yeah. Other experiences have, yeah. have come up yeah. over time. So you wanted to be a, a sports, sports, coach. sports coach, sports teacher mm -hmm. in a school. Mm -hmm. And you did that. I did that for two years, yes. Why only two years? Did you know? um, I had a... I had a child. Mm -hmm. Childcare wasn't easily available. And um, I just wanted to spend some more time with him. Okay. So I did the two years. And I, I in fact, I did that on, um, it was a youth program, enterprise scheme back in the days. Yeah. So I did it whilst I was on that and they extended it from one year to two years. And after that, I decided to spend some more time with my son. But did you enjoy it? Sorry. Go on, you know. <laughs> did you enjoy it? I she love was doing it? Was, sports. It, was, was it everything you'd hoped it to be? And more. Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. I do. I like I like the fitness side. Um, I love sports. I'm a, to this day, I'm a netballer. I remember you playing netball. Actually. Yeah. I think I remember that. So, you know, um, I go to basketball with my granddaughter now. Yeah. And I sit on the side and I, I just want to get in there and get be a part <laughs> of it. I just, I just love... Ball sports. Yeah. Yeah. So from Manchester, you're not a Man United supporter, are you? We lived near the city ground. Okay. But my grandma made sure we were a Man U. Oh dear. Because George Best. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming over my head. I'm not a football supporter. So George so. Best George was uh, was a man for her. So we we had to do you know the Man U. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. You worked in schools. Was it schools when you were teaching? Um, we worked. Sports? I worked in schools, and then they took it out into leisure centres. Okay. So, what was it, what sports did you teach? Well, I I went to do netball, but I ended up doing um, badminton, squash. Um, I started reggae aerobics. All right. um, it was known as the Flumpa Lumpa Club. Uh, <laughs> um, was that mainly uh, women that did that? It was. It was all women that okay. were there, and we were all very you know, not Coca-Cola bottle shaped. So, um, and then um, when it came swimming, then there was a no-no there. Okay. Black woman, hair, water. <laughs> hair yeah, yeah. Swim with your head above the water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Why are you like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. Oh, gosh. Um, so, but, I mean, I know you do the community work. And I think community work is an understatement to be honest of what you do because it, it's, it's so much more than community work um i think when i when i first met you i was aware that um young people who had issues and not just one young person numbers of young people um who had issues would approach you whether it be family issues or whether it be street issues that approach you and that even like you know, that'd be that use you use your house as a hub, and your house was almost I wouldn't say a youth center. It was like a kind of an emergency place that you know that if there was something wrong, I could go to hire and speak to her. And it wasn't nothing official, or it wasn't nothing you know formal. It was just like everyone, all the all the youths around here knew that they could go and speak to you. So how how did that happen? What God knows. Um, my son <laughs> used to bring his friends home from school. Mum, they're in trouble. They can't go home. So I used to go and see the parent. He's like, take him. I don't want him. Take him. So I'd say, okay, I'll have him for a week. And then I'd bring him back. Well, that week would go into months and months. Um, and then my daughter started doing the same as well. But um, <laughs> it wasn't a written rule that, you know, they couldn't come. I'd want to know who your parents were. Mm. Do they know where you are? What time do you need to be home? Um, so there were rules, but there was sometimes in the middle of the night, the door would knock. Mm. Um, at one stage, I used to go to work and I never locked my door because I knew someone would end up in my house, you know. Um, and I trust them. Mm. And I, I can't say anything's ever been taken or broken. 
you know, I've gone home and found dinner cooked, Mm-mm, you know, um, and that's, they, they would be in there, they'd respect the house. And for me, as long as they were doing that mm. and it was a safe place, they weren't on the street corners and getting themselves in trouble, it's fine. Mm. But my grandma did the same thing. So okay. it's, um, it's, 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 yeah. It's yeah. in the family. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, sorry, that's really good though, because again, you're a young kid, you're in trouble, you can't go to your parents. How many, how many mothers are going to do that? Well, they, they say that young people, I mean, that's why the power of youth work as well. They mm. say that the only adults young people really speak to are youth workers. I wouldn't have even gone to my friend's parents, to be honest, if I there was you go. That's what I mean. So, okay. you know, that, that's something <laughs> special. I, maybe I would have gone to my youth worker, you know, as a youth, former youth worker myself, you know, I know how important we were we were the only, they wouldn't speak to their teachers. Mm. They wouldn't speak to any other appropriate adult other than the youth worker. So to have you there as well. And although you probably, your title wasn't youth worker back then. That's, that's what, what you that's were what doing. You were doing. Yeah. You know, um, and it became more than that, which we'll speak about when you did higher, higher level in a bit. Um, but what is it about St. Anne's? I mean, it's got that reputation, but I, I worked here for a number of years in St. Anne's, um, obviously not as long as yourself. But there is a mad community, when I say mad, mad in a good way, a, mm. a good community aspect, you know, people pull together in certain What What is it? I think, you know what, I don't think anyone sees themselves better than anyone else. And I think, I don't know what it is about St. Sands, because I mean, at Christmas, we had a Christmas fair out there and we were expecting about 200 people. And when we opened that door, it was like, put the pot back on the fire and start cooking extra food mm. because, you know, it was, there was a lot more people and people came into St. Anne's. Mm. And I think the thing about it is, like you says, it used to have a lot of Afro-Caribbeans here back in the days. And a lot of them are still here, the elders. Mm-hmm. So even though their children may have grown up and gone away, the grandchildren are coming in mm. and bringing their friends in. So I think it's just um, a regeneration of um, families that keep the go and they come yeah. and you know grandma lived there and anywhere grandma lived there's always that that only feeling yeah. so I think St. Hans has got a lot of elders here and people just feel at home and then there's something about this place here the chase you know mm. you know there's the, that center which is um, a couple of doors down from you the mm. chase community center um I saw a film that was made with some of the youth that we used to work with. It was made about probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The Chase film. Yeah, the Chase film. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, some of the kids that I work with in Ashby have seen that film. So that's gone, that, that's blown up as well, which is great to see some of our young people. They'll be young men now in, mm, in that film. Fathers, yeah. But this, the Chase, this little square bit is pretty special. It's got the church here as well. And well, everybody knows. Chase, don't they? Everybody know. knows the chase, um, and you know it's a, it's a meeting point, and it's it's central. You know, it's not the city centre, but it's central. Mm. Um, my what's dampened my spirit about it is they're, they're talking about bringing it down. The whole thing. The these these units and the here. community centre as well. No, the community centre will still be there. Are they looking to develop it into something else? Putting um, housing on oh, if on. if. Um, and I know we need we know, we need housing. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We need homes. But again, what they're doing, like they did up the other end, they're breaking communities up, apart. Yes. And you know, they're sitting in an office and they make a decision mm-hmm. about an area. They don't know the heartbeat of that area. Mm. And until you've actually been a part of it, you can't explain that. Yeah. And um, I know the these units are not. They're not. They're not new and they're not beautiful. Well, they haven't been invested in as well, though, have they? They have well, not. Why don't they take the money that they're going to develop and redevelop these and bring more people in and help more people? That would make more sense, right? That would. <laughs> it would. But the powers that be don't think like mm-hmm. we do. So they, they I, I don't know. Are they planning to, or are there plans to knock this down to build houses or would they replace this? With something because... that's a negotiation at the moment they're not quite sure what they're going to do whether they're going to take it down and put houses on there whether they're going to invest into these and upgrade them or they're just going to leave them as they are until they fall apart so oh, wow 
when we're we're now waiting while they're going through the consultation time. Okay, so how long is that consultation? <laughs> hmm. We don't know. We found out through the media mm. that these plans had been set in motion. Got in motion. Wow. Is there any? Is there? Is anybody? I think I heard. Might have heard something on Kemet FM. Actually, I might be wrong. Has anybody documented anything to do with like the chase? You know, like kind of any history, old videos, old community activities that have happened here. Because that's really important because there's used... been so many and we don't want to forget what's mm. happened. I've been involved in a few, not as not as many as yourself or, you know, other people that have worked in this area. But there's been a lot. There's been a lot. And there was a gentleman that used to do a lot about the um, the chase, but we've not seen him for a while. And we don't know if he's got any historical things that we could use. Yeah. Um, but there's been a, I've, I've had this unit now six years mm -hmm. and they gave me a post office i remember because i came in i remember helping you paint in here at one point didn't um and mr h this didn't look like this so if you can imagine the post office the window mm -hmm. but there was like big a big wall wasn't it wasn't there like yeah. this was like two or three rooms post, wasn't it it was that yeah there would be there. counter and then this was like a little up, aisle it? wasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. That you to walked. get down to yeah. like yeah yeah um, yeah, but yeah, yeah this building looks that. nothing like, and hopefully we'll take a picture of um, yeah, Isaac and ourselves yeah, 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 when, we, when we're um, posting it out so you can see how great the place looks now. I wish, have you got any pictures of how it used to look? And you know, sadly, we didn't do that. Oh, gosh. Um, um, we've got some before we did the floor and we put the walls up and turned it in, you know, to this bit and then making our own makeshift kitchen. Yeah. We've got some of that, but take the post office right. as it was it no different did you do you remember this as a post office yeah no i do no I, yeah i do i do remember this being a post office yeah, yeah. no idea yeah. <laughs> that's crazy uh it was totally different now totally different all right so <clears throat> fast forward a little bit we're talking about nottingham carnival now now I, I i i miss the good days of nottingham carnival i came to nottingham in 1996 and apparently I came the year after the best carnival ever. I think that I think I was told nineteen. I think it was my wife that told me nineteen ninety five was the best carnival. I had red rat and yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wasn't here. I, I wish I was here, but I was told that carnival was brilliant. And carnivals before I was told were brilliant. Um, so how did you get involved in carnival and, and what what happened there? Whoa, um, probably about nineteen ninety eight. Um, because my daughter and her friends, they loved to dance. Yeah. And we used to have um, discos at my house, 10 pence to come in, and you get a drink and a biscuit. <laughs> and so what they just loved to dance. So we joined another carnival troupe with them. Um, and the young people were there, but it wasn't geared for young people. So um, myself, Davinia, and Lorenda, we went to a carnival meeting and... Um, because we, we wanted to explain to the person who was running the other carnival that you're not geared for children. And carnival is about, you know, it's a yeah. generational thing. Mm, so, you, you know, carrying alcohol in that lot wasn't for the yeah. children. So we wanted to just explain to him that. But he got a bit leery on me, you know. So it was carnival on the forest then, these? Yes. Yeah, okay. So he got a bit, um, he, did, he didn't want to hear what we had to say. So at the time, I think it was Leslie Robinson mm. that was running carnival. And um, he says, are you starting a carnival troupe? And we looked at each other and went, no. Um, and then somebody rang me and went, hiya, what do you think about it? And Lorenda goes, we're higher level. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we said, okay. So we started and there weren't many of us. Um, and the group just grew from mm. there. It just grew and grew and grew. And girls were coming from all over the city and we were making costumes and we didn't know what what to do but we just ran up some costumes as we'd say bitch up some costumes and we so were, what was you using to make costumes like just like what old curtains or something or any or piece of material we could <laughs> get anything we that's, could no, get that's creative that's yeah. you know you know um paper gluing it together till it got hard and mm. painting it up and you know putting glue over it so it shined we, we did anything just to have a little costume out there and mm. um we the, the group the group grew and then 
in 2004, we lost one of the members. Okay. Um, Danielle. Oh, Danielle. Okay. And um, the carnival continued, but it exploded from there. The yeah. boys started coming yes, on yeah. and we were traveling all over the country. Mm. And everywhere we went, as soon as they went, Nottingham coach, and they'd see them, they'd go, it's the higher level girls. <laughs> and we were known, there was a certain song called Trinidad. Yeah. Every DJ, if you're walking past someone's lorry, and they, they knew it was my girls, they'd put on Trinidad because they knew <laughs> my girls would go wild in the aisles. And, you know, to this day, even in the office, our top office, that comes on and we sat around the desk and you see us moving <laughs> off the desk until we're, we're into it. And, you know, I just, I missed all, I missed all the young women because mm. we had, we had, yeah, we had, a, it was family time. We'd cook food. Me and Marvel would cook food. Mm. We'd get on the coach and we would just go. So you went to all the carnivals as well, did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what? Manchester, London? Manchester. We did London twice yeah. and um, it, it wasn't the carnival for us. We mm. want we want to move. Yeah. So we did Leeds because Leeds was on the Leeds, same yeah, day. Leeds. Leeds was the very first carnival I ever went to, actually. Yeah, so we did yeah. the Leeds on the bank holiday. So we'd go for the Juve. So we'd yeah. travel down in pyjamas and do the... the the juve, chill out, then do the main carnival, chill out, and then go and do the last lap, and then make our way back to Nottingham. Oh wow! It wow. was. Yeah. What's your favourite carnival? Um, I'd say Nottingham. For real? When we because we were at home and we my girls were exhibitionists, so we were at home and they they knew their family were coming to watch friends them and, and their friends and everybody's there. And my girls didn't dance upright. You know, <laughs> didn't dance upright, so they would be dancing, and we'd be in the middle of the road, and you'll see splits. Oh. Yeah, you see backflips. You see all these kind of things, and they were they were amazing. Yeah. You know, and I used to say, "There's I've never seen another carnival troupe like them. Mm. They were yeah." Okay, okay. When was the last carnival that? I mean, obviously COVID hit. Was there a carnival before? So 2019 was there a carnival, or did that happen? I can't. I can't say. I don't know. I stopped doing carnival probably five years ago. Okay. Um, not that I don't miss it, and we are planning to do a last lap this year. So any of your higher level girls out there, get in touch because we're doing a last lap. We didn't say bye to each other, and we've okay. lost a few along the way. So yeah. it's you know It'd come together nice to and do a last lap. Yeah. Did the carnival move? Didn't it go go back to where it originally went? It went back to, to the meadows. To the meadows of yeah. Trent Bridge. And I think that took away the essence. It wasn't Not... as vibrant though when I, I went, I saw your brother playing there at mm. the age. Yeah. And his was the probably the most um energetic. Yeah. Um, well he does detonate festival as well, and yeah. every time he's on, he gets the crowd going. He plays the reggae. What's your yeah, uh, brandy um, bones, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um Dilatone. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so but it just didn't have that energy. I don't know. Trent Bridge for me was a bit flat. It's, it is, and I think going when it was going up Mansell Road. Yeah, and then down, and then down, and yeah. then it's and then oh, sometimes we'd go along Alfton Road, mm. and the vibes because people would come out their come shops, out the shops yeah. and, the and whistle and the car yeah, horns and stuff remember. like that. But going to Meadows. The cars just drive past and they're just gone straight. <laughs> and I don't know whether they realise, you know, you're supposed to Ooh, celebrate. What's here, well, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it just it just wasn't the same. Okay. Well, I hope they bring it back to the forest. Um, we've got a couple of minutes before we're just gonna stop and take a, a short break and then come back again. Okay. Um, but we're gonna talk about your work with homeless people, um, your work with young women and the child development project. And also, it's a new role, isn't it, a street pastor? Mm -hmm. Yes, and your new role, a street pastor, if you can tell us a little bit more about that. But before we have a, a small break, um, where do people find child development? Just, just, just... The Kaya development. Kaya, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kaya. Kaya. Um, right. Um, for now, we're still situated on the Robin Hood chase, number 26. So once you get onto the chase, you can't miss it, the sign. And um, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays, we're also at the old Wiener building, which is 31 Unger Hill Road, which is behind the Atmos Centre. Okay, then. All right, then. So for you listeners, there'll be a short break of about two seconds. 
But for us, we're just going to take a quick short break. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> And yeah, we're back. So I finished work the other night. I was walking and I didn't realise it was you, but it was now. Your work with the homeless. How, mm-hmm. does that, how did that come about? Um, as I said, I moved to Nottingham when I was 14. Okay. Um, didn't know a soul and um, lived with my mum. And by t- I wasn't a naughty child. By the time I was 15, my mum had asked me to leave the house. So I'd been, I know what it's, I know what it's like to be homeless. And God bless those little red phone boxes we used to have, because I used to spend lots of nights catch up oh. in one of them, you know, waiting for morning so I can go to a friend's house and brush my teeth and go to school. Okay. So okay. this happened while you was at school? Yeah, I was 15. Yeah. So teachers weren't aware of what was going on or? I never told them. No. Wow. I didn't tell most of my friends didn't know. The only, the only person that knew was a friend that, like I said, I, I was with her today. Um, I used, uh, now, every now and again, my parents would say I could catch on the settee, mm. you know what I mean? But I didn't make it a point of duty to be there mm. every night because I didn't want them to know either. That... So what did you do? What did you do for food and what, what happened? Well, we used to get free school meals back in the days. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that used to kind of hold me and then, the few friends that I have, you know, you're walking with them and everybody's eating something. So you, you eat more than they do because, you know, so once they've gone, you may not have nothing. So, you know, so I wasn't continuously homeless. It was like, you know, here and there. At certain times. Yeah. She used to say, just come out of my house. And so that's so. brought the passion. I can see where it's come from now because I'm kind of similar. Mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time here and there and had to put myself in hostels and various things. So I feel for people that are out there. And I don't think as a society in this country, we do enough for the homeless people. This is the fifth richest country on the planet. Would you believe that? Would you believe that if you walked out there and went to into the city center? No. Doorways are full of people trying to keep warm. Yeah. And do you know what I see as well? So I came in 1996, like I said, and I'm in high school the other day and in 1996, when I came, I didn't see people begging outside of Asda. I didn't see people sleeping in doorways. So, you know, we've 25 years later, there's a huge homeless community in Heisen Green, where, where I used to live. Um, and I'm thinking, how did that happen? What, what What's going on? And aren't things supposed to improve as time goes on? Mm. There's a big divide, isn't there? You know, and it does say the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. Unemployment has caused a lot of that. Mental health issues. And, you know, back in the days, there were hostels where, you know, mm. if you went and knocked on a door, they'd take you in. Now mm. it's through a re- referral, you know, and process, it's a long, it? yeah, long process. Yeah. And a lot of these people, you know, they, they, they don't have a bank account. Mm. So if you don't have a bank account, you don't have an address, you don't have an address. It, and it's just, it's a vicious circle. Mm. So a lot of them just think, you know what? Gonna, what the hell? Yeah, I'm you know, right, let yeah. me just go and cut here rather than go through all that and then get rejected at the end of it. Mm. So it, it's really bad. And um, there's, <laughs> I remember when we had the first lockdown and they said they were going to take every homeless person off the street and yeah, put them so. in an hotel. Yeah. Lie. They were still out there because some had animals and they weren't going to leave their dogs out. Mm. You know what I mean? So they stayed with their dogs because they weren't allowed in the hotel. So, you know, there's those with mental health that didn't have the capacity to know, go to this hotel mm. and they'll put you up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a matter of having people on the streets that, are, that will signpost mm. and do as much as you can. And then what I found really difficult about that as well is that, okay, then, so the hotel put them up for however long. Well, the first thing that I found difficult was, <clears throat> I'm getting a bit political now, <laughs> but governments saying, they haven't got the money to help. COVID comes and all of a sudden they can... They've got money. money. So money come from somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where this yeah. money comes from, but it came from somewhere. And then secondly, it's like when COVID started to relax a little bit, what happened to these homeless people that were in hotels? Yeah, because yeah. hotels then were turned the, around to try and make money for themselves again. We need to get again. normal yeah. people back in to make our mm-hmm. revenue. So they, and the government paid for these people to yes. stay in mm-hmm. these hotels. 
did what they did. How cruel and mean. How cruel. It's like furlough. They put yeah. a lot of people on furlough and then, and then they pulled. The you know, they, it went it went from one percentage mm. down to another. Mm. And how were people meant to survive on that? You know, mm. and you still your bills stay the same. Or it all got increased. And you and you're getting less. So, you know, <clears throat> this society is not is not geared for, you know, people like us, you know, and um I know people say that you can climb the ladder and you can get where you want to go. Yes, you can. But you know what? That you need that helping hand mm. and you need, you know, it's not that they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. And um our homeless people, who do they know? Even their own families don't want to know them. So mm. how are they gonna get out of that rut? Then once they're in there, it's so hard to get out of it. It's so hard. Think about it. Mm. Like like we was just saying, you need a bank account, maybe you've not got a mobile phone, so you've got no contact. There's a whole list of things that come with being homeless Ooh. it may not even be through your own <laughs> device like you haven't put yourself there just a bunch of things have happened and now you're at this point Ooh. i need some help give me a leg up I, I just don't get it i just don't get why the help isn't there it's... well we met a young oh, he, he was in the back late 50s and um, he was outside mcdonald's and um we offered him a cup of tea and a role and he says oh thank you very much and the way he spoke you knew that was someone that was well learned we walked away and i went back and i says excuse me i says how long have you been homeless he says about a year and it was like now nah, this man he speaks well and i says i'm not being nosy but how come you're homeless and he he says he was a he was a consultant at qmc um, he went a home, consultant. he was a consultant at the QMC, what? he went home and found that his wife was having an affair, mm-hmm. so he left for a while, but whilst he was off, he was he left, he was off work, sick as well, you know, because he just wanted to put his head straight, it took him so long that he went on half pay, no pay, lost his job, mm. you lose your job, you can't pay for that extra accommodation that he was staying in, his wife then and moved on with her life and the children, and he had nowhere to go. Wow. So he was literally outside McDonald's, sat on the floor. Wow. And it was it was like, my gosh, this man's got so much qualifications. He studied for so long. As a consultant. And no one could help him. We couldn't help him because obviously, but you know, the <laughs> if he could get accommodation which he needs deposit, mm. but he's got no money. Mm. He's got no fixed address, mm-hmm. so he's not going to get that. But if he could get that, he could sign on with an agency and then get back into mm. work. But it was a vicious, it's a vicious circle. Wow. Some may say it's set up that way. It's set up in a way that people fail. And when they fail, they're then washed aside. Mm. So what is it that Kaya do with the homeless? Then? How, how does that work? Well, we do as much as we can. We um we take um, meals out to them on a Friday night um, in the city centre. So, um, like at Christmas, we cooked a Christmas meal. We mm. kept it as as hot as we could, and um, we went out there and stood outside the old Debenhams, mm-hmm. and we handed out Christmas meals, a Christmas present, and um, just looked after them that way. Um, Normally, we just go out with a big um, jug of water. Some people call it igloo, but, you know, drink pump dispenser, and it holds quite a lot of water. Um, Packet suits, packet um, porridge, and as much bread as we can, biscuits and stuff. And we just go out there. They know where we are, and they come to us, and they take, they have what they want, and then they go. But... We, we take out that silver foil that they can put over to keep themselves yeah, warm yeah. at gloves and scarves. Yeah. Um, so that's as much as we can do because it's volunteers that are going out there yeah. at night. So um, where are you getting the food and everything from to, to help to feed people? God is good. We have um, residents, you know, that will um, donate to us some monthly, some weekly, depends on how they can. Um, Ima. Um, food bank in, in Radford mm. they're a good one and um, I think it's the Bread of Love 
he drops us some stuff off every now and again um and a fair share every now and again okay okay oh so, and colin mitchell and often road oh, colin yeah mitchell. yeah oh that's yeah. lovely that's nice he's a good man um so career development project i mean that's just one arm of what you do mm-hmm. i think about about five six years ago i linked up with you and i went to a house that you had that was in forest fields at the time mm-hmm. and there were young women in that house that you were supporting and you and you had some staff at that point as well tell tell me some more about that and and how that happened and what what that was and so forth okay again i'm gonna say god is good um I was being very nosy one Saturday morning and I went into estate agents. Um, I had this dream of having this big house and being able to accommodate young women that had nowhere to be. Um, There was a house that was on the market for sale in Forest Fields. Um, So I made an appointment with the young man to go and view the house on the Monday. I did. And... um, he says, um, can you get a mortgage? He says, no, I'm just walking around dreaming. <laughs> anyway, he rang me on the Tuesday and says, the person who owns the house wants to see me. Um, because I told him why, well, you know, what I wanted the house for, but it wouldn't happen. And I goes, I did nothing to the house. And he goes, he just wants to meet with you. So I got a few of the young people together because I thought, I'm not meeting someone I don't know mm. on my own. And... Um, we met him in our other office because we used to be at number 16 yeah. along there before we came here. And Chinese guy walked in with the estate agent um, and he didn't speak to us. All the, the estate agent did everything and he says um, he wants you to do a business plan uh, and tell him how you would maintain the house and how you would run the house and make it feasible business plan I don't know what a business plan is you know what I mean so me and the kids sat there and we wrote we want the house <laughs> that's all we knew we didn't know anything else so he came back the following week we met him and we gave him the A4 piece of paper that says we want the house and he looked at it screwed it up and thought you know what I mean this is this and the guy leaned over the table and swung the key at me uh-uh. and I goes what's that and we had some chips on the table. He took a chip, he ate it, and he goes, key for you, keep the house, look after it. I paid bills, you have the house. It's like, wow. what? And I said, I'm not touching your key. I'm not. But anyway, we took the key, we went to the house, and when we got to the house, he'd furnished it. Wow. We had to take nothing in there. Every, there was, it was an eight-bedroom house. Yeah, I remember it was huge. And every, was... every room was furnished and even set the office up for us. Um, so we had that for three and a half years. We ran that on volunteers, Mm. um, 24 seven. Um, and so who, who were the girls that would come? What, what, how, um, how would they get to word of mouth? Yeah. And what, what situations kind of homeless fleeing domestic violence, um, social care, young people. Um, and did come in and we had 70, about 73 young women come through in three and a half years, but the house was run as if I was running my own house. Mm. So I'm a black woman now. So, you know, <laughs> every morning you get up, you got to beard, yeah. you got to bathe. Yeah. You're not <laughs> putting on your clothes and, and coming out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I used to, the you know, so <laughs> there was three floors. So I used to start on the bottom floor and we had like two, two bathrooms. Start on the bottom floor and then the top floor. Knock each door and say, "Get up and go and bathe." And they and there was a few girls that didn't understand what I was saying and what's bathe. I said, "Go and have a bath, you know, <laughs> brush your teeth, and what so <laughs> go and polish your teeth and go and wash." So your we skin. did that, but they knew there was house rules, especially you don't smoke in the mm-hmm. house, you don't bring any alcohol in there, and beg you don't let me hear you swearing mm-hmm. yeah I'm not swearing and I don't want no one else swearing in there but you know some of the young ladies to this day we still keep in touch with them mm-hmm. because they learned a lot we we had a washing machine but now you're going to learn how to wash your hands your clothes by hand because when you move into your home place you yeah. may not have a washing, washing machine mm-hmm. yeah. you know and you ain't got the money to keep running and 
changing your clothes. So we learned them to wash their clothes. Yeah. And as my grandma would say to me, box up your buggy, your drawers, <laughs> yeah? So I showed them how to wash out their own little pants and stuff and stick it on the radiator. Because if it's only one you got, mm. it will dry in the morning. You can put it back on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the house ran. We did training courses in there, cooking, sewing. Um, and... Yeah, even social care was beginning to bring send their children along because I went we went to case conferences with them and used to F and blind at social worker. Mm. And when we're sat there, even the uh, independent reviewing officers used to say, Is this the same person? You know what I mean? And they changed some of them went into work mm. and it yeah, it was sad to give it up. You probably saved some lives though. You changed some lives most definitely. We changed quite a few. Yeah, Most we definitely. did. Mm. We did. And the, the staff was so diverse in our in how we dealt with them. You know, they started calling me mom. Brenda was auntie. Lauren so was comfortable though. I remember they were so it was home. They were so comfortable. Mm. They were so happy, I think. The the young people that or not the one the one always young, but they were the young women. But if you're in a place where you feel <clears> comfortable <throat> and relaxed, mm. it will help you achieve more. You want to go out there and do stuff. And we would push them and encourage yeah. them, you know, and we would say, you know, they said, I can't. I said, There's nothing can't, nothing them can't. Mm. You can do anything and everything you want, you know. And I think, because a lot of them are coming from homes where there was no love. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all they wanted. You know, I remember giving up my Christmas to stay at the hostel mm. with young women that weren't going home. And they were saying, well, it's all right, you can go and then you can come back later. And I says, no, I'm having my dinner with you. Mm -hmm. You're my family. You know what I mean? And we spent that time together and we used to watch a lot of films and, you know, play games. And mm -hmm. so we became a family. Mm -hmm. Even when they moved out, they'd come back and visit. One girl, she was like a revolving door, mm -hmm. you know, because she didn't want to stay where she was sent. But at the end of the day, you know, it was about empowering that young person. What was nice about it, it was women leaving women as well. Which I think, and I think that's important for men as well, like mm. men leaving men. Mm. And I think that you could see that. You could see that the women got something out of older women giving back to them. And I think that's necessary. You know, it's, it's that rights of passage, isn't it? It's that community and, thing again. And if you don't have that, elders. You, well, not even learn from your elders, but learn from other women, mm. you know. Well, and if you don't have other women showing you how to be a woman, if you don't have men showing you how to be a man. That's what I'm I saying. That right. That's the world kind yeah. of thing we did. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's really definitely. Important. And it was a happy environment that mm. I saw when I when I came in came in to your um building at that time. Mm. So we're 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 at Kaya Development and we're talking about um the young women's project that was in Forest Fields. Um and then you come do you come back to St. Anne's from there? What how does what happened from there? Um we gave that up and then we came and then <clears throat> um, demolished this place and put it back together again. So this was actually, I mean, it's huge in here. But when I came in here, when I saw it when you first had it. It looked pokey and dark. It was dark, it was tiny. Mm. This is spacious. You made it spacious. I can I can see, I mean we'll take some pictures, but I can see pots and a whole kitchen going right the way back. When I come in, I can smell food. Even though I'd just eaten, I was still hungry. <laughs> I wanted some more food. Um, so tell us a bit, and there's fantastic graffiti work on the wall as well. We've got a graffiti artist coming to speak to us um, on the next podcast. He'd, I'm sure he'd be impressed with this. He probably knows the people that did this. So tell us a bit more about this place that we're in right now today. Okay, we're in the Kaya Hub which is on the Robin Hood Chase. Um, I think this is, this is, our, this is our, our growing pod. Um, at once we moved in here and there was three of us. Um, we moved out last year to go take the ad, admin office up to the, up to the back of Atma Center. And before we moved, there was 10 members of staff mm. in here, COVID time, social distancing. It wasn't working, yeah. especially with clients. But this, in, in here, there's, You'll see everything. You can see dressmaking dummies. We've got <laughs> we've got everything. Everything that if you want anything, come to the Kaya project. We've got it mm -hmm. all. Um, you know, lateral flow tests. Um, we've got the kitchen. It's and you haven't seen the back. We've got stores as well okay. where we have we have furnitures and we do food parcels. You know, and 
we focus on Caribbean food parcels. Good. I bet I bet um when you're going out and do you do give Caribbean food to the homeless when you go with that? That's well? all I can cook. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what <laughs> they get you. Boy, chicken soup and the dumplings. Are like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant. So, who would come in here and why would they come in here? Um, we've had all sorts. We've had people come in that um, just want to know what's going on. We've had um, young people that have been excluded from school, parents having problems at home with their children. Um, the absent father who wants to make contact with his child, um, mothers who are looking to go back to work but not knowing how, you know, wanting help with CVs and stuff mm. like that, and families that are in a complete mess that mm. could do want some support to gel them back together. So um, we do parenting classes, mentoring. Um, we don't do a lot of signposting because we don't like that um, bounce back. Mm. effect and having someone having to go somewhere to explain themselves all over mm. again um we do cookery classes art classes um whatever our clients want we'll try and accommodate them mm -hmm. you know at our other office we've got a a, a purpose built gym up there oh, nice. so if they want to come up there and do weights or Exercise just uh, get and, fit yeah. we've got that available for them we've got a training room um, we've got a boardroom and we've got a nice big play area mm -hmm. where, you know, we can have young people and their children can oh. come in summer and chill. Okay. So everything, it's the total community project. You know, I wouldn't say we were total at everything, but mm. we try to accommodate. Mm. And um, if we haven't got it, we'll work towards it. Okay. Okay. So uh, I heard recently that you've just been ordained as a street pastor. Outreach street pastor, yeah. So for those people that don't know, what, what is that? Um, even though I've been in church for many years, I've never felt that the church building was for me. You know, I like to meet people and greet people. If I'm meeting the same people all the time, I don't feel as if I'm exercising my faith and I'm not engaging with more. So... Through my outreach, I've realized that, and when we've had crises in the city, the young people would kind of, some of them would come to me and say, will you pray with me? But they sometimes they don't know how to approach you. But if you're on the streets, mm. you know, I mean, and you see them and they know, you know, um, like in Top Valley, the young people up there, I've prayed with them, you know. And so what happens when you see, I mean, I've done outreach youth work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, I believe and love God as well. But I can't imagine going up to a, a group of young people and potentially discussing God. In fact, saying that, I was discussing God with young people today. But I can't imagine going up to young people that I didn't know, discussing God and then praying with them. I can't imagine that. It's all about the approach, I think. And, you know, I don't just go bang into mm. them. You know, I, I stand and listen to their conversations and... And Nebin, you know, and I'll mm. say, you know, they'll just say, why has this happened? You know, and I'll say, you know what? Things happen for a reason. And he's not being taken because he was, he was he was doing wrong. And the people that killed him, sometimes they didn't mean to do that. Mm. But in their defense, they're walking with a knife to defend themselves, mm -hmm. you know. And if they've attacked someone, we've got to remember their mindset, where were, where were they at that time? Mm -hmm. You know, we've done, we've all done things wrong. And after we've done it, we thought, wow, I shouldn't have done that, mm -hmm. you know? But when you've got to be totally conscious and sometimes when people do things, they're not conscious mm -hmm. of what, of their movements, you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes people deliberately go out to do things yeah. and you can't explain that, you know? But most actions of violence are from emotion. And they'd mm -hmm. be fighting some kind of battle. Yeah. They are. You know, whether they went out to do it deliberately, whether they got killing on their mind, yeah. they're still fighting a battle. Not An to excuse battle. anything at yeah. all, but, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've just explained to young people, I've been there, I'm like, I'm from Manchester. So before the killings even started happening in Nottingham, I was a youth when it was happening in Manchester. Mm. So I lost friends there, mm. you know? So that's one of the reasons we were brought to Nottingham to get away from that and then as I'm an adult it starts spilling into Nottingham mm. um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll say to them you know what 
it's just, especially to cry and I'll say, you know, I'll hold their hands and I'll say, you know what, I want to pray with you. You know, what's their response? Yeah. Yeah. I've never had anyone say no. Really? And, you know, even if it's, I don't, even if they're, they've been, they're saying I'm Muslim, I'll say a prayer's a prayer. Mm. And you're praying to the same God. A prayer's a prayer. And I'm praying for peace, for yeah. your peace. Yeah. You know, and um, I enjoy it. I do. I enjoy yeah. going out there and I'm not saying I'm going to ram what I believe down your throat. But what I'm saying is I'm sharing that what I do is because the goodness of God, the strength of God that mm-hmm. it gives me to continue doing this. So, you know, because he's given me this, I'm sharing that with you, mm-hmm. you know, because I want you to have that inner peace that I've got. You know, sometimes you might see us running down the road, running after a young man to pick, get him. And, but I've still got that peace of mind, you know, get him, put him in the car, talk to him. Where do you live? Want to go home? No. Do you want some McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> you know, feed them and get to know them, mm. you know, and my number is out there. It's always been out there. And, you know, I get phone calls stupid at times, but who cares? As long as they know they've got someone to call, mm. that's what I'm there for. That makes a massive difference, though. That makes such a massive difference. Because if there was someone like that, I know when, we were if, when I was doing... <laughs> but, yeah, um... Yeah, maybe I wouldn't have made some silly decisions. But you see, you know what? You I'm not saying I've been through, an angel. Yeah, you have to go through And stuff. sometimes you have to go through sort of stuff to be able to help other people through it. Yes, most definitely. You know, and you know, and I think being honest with them, being honest with our young people, you know, and stop telling them, you know, I was I've always lived in a bubble and I'm perfect. Mm. If you tell them that, they know you're lying. Be honest, you know. Just say, listen, I've been down that path or similar paths. Mm. Finding footing. And yeah. yeah, I get where you're coming from with that. Have you ever had any young people that are like, I don't believe in God, you know? I never used to believe in God. Mm. So if they say that to me, yeah, I just, all I, the only thing I can say to them, you know what? He loves you no matter what. Mm. Because, and I give them that analogy of no matter what and who you believe in, you stump your toe. Or hurt yourself. The first thing you okay. So if you don't believe in him, why are you calling him? It's funny. Yeah. I had a conversation with a young person that I work with um, today, and I can't remember how we got onto it. And he asked me, "Do I believe in God?" And I said, "Absolutely. Yeah, I believe in God." And then he said, "I don't." And then he said, "Actually, I do." And then he said, "The reason why I do is because I watch a TV program called Lucifer. Have you heard of it?" (laughs) And I said, yes, I've heard of it, but I deliberately haven't watched it because of the title. Mm-hmm. And I and I asked I asked him, do you know who Lucifer is? And he said, yeah. And he goes, but actually, that program has made me believe in God because I do believe in God and I do believe in the devil because of watching mm-hmm. that. And I was like, okay, that's that's you know interesting because you don't normally have those conversations in school. And they see that's that's what's missing. I remember, and I'm sure you did. We used to have assembly to start school. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Where's that gone? And then they talk about church schools. They're not. They're, they're, not. they're all faith yeah, schools. Yeah. You can't be all faith. You've yeah. got to be one or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think taking all that out of schools and hospitals and stopping people from talking. I mean, I've told my funders, if you don't, if you don't want me to say that I'm a Christian, keep your money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Gonna I'm it. not going to compromise <laughs> myself. This is what's kept me. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, this is who I am. Yeah. So, yeah. Hiya. We've got about a minute left. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to tell anybody listening about Kaya Development Projects, about some of the street outreach, out, outreach even, um, anything at all? Well, what I'm just going to say is at the moment we're looking for men between the ages of 30 and above to, to join our gentlemen's club. And I'm looking also looking for young boys between the age of 10 and 15 to join our FBIs and that stands for fine black individuals. We're um, starting a new men's project to go with our boys to men and if there's anyone out there that'd like to be a part of that mentoring and mentees come along. Okay so you've been listening to Not What, what You, you think. think with me Mr B and me Mr H and Haya from Kaya Development. Thank you very much. Enjoy listening. Remember, you can tune in to us on Nuts What You Think on Facebook, Nuts What You Think Twitter, 
Nuts What You Think Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, just hook us up, man. Tell us what you think. Yeah, till the next time. <laughs> Take care.